This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week is Having Pet Insurance Worth It and an organization that helps people and animals in crisis. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A.com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose, your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. I'm here with Monica Layton, president of Professional Pet Sitting. And, Monica, there's something that I think pet parents are very interested in, especially if they're pets, if there's things coming up, whether it be just even routine examinations or things, and something that's really important for us to know about that people ask questions of me about. So can you tell us about pet insurance and the importance of having it? Pet insurance has been around, you know, for a while and companies kind of come and go, but um, not a lot of pet owners are really educated or done, you know, the research and looked really into pet insurance. Um, as an industry standard, usually three to five percent in each state is the highest um, number of pets that are actually covered under a pet insurance policy. Um, so it's a very, you know, small percentage, you know, as a as the number of, you know, population of pets out there that are actually covered. Um, pet insurance, one thing that it does instill is the fact of 
you know, being able to cover something when emergencies happen. Emergencies don't always happen. So, you know, you are paying into something monthly that, you know, you may not, you know, necessarily need that year. However, I kind of like when we talk to clients, I kind of talk to them about it in regards to like car insurance. Car insurance, you know, you have it because you want to be covered, but you hope you're not going to have to use it. But if you don't have it, it can sometimes be you know, catastrophic when it comes to the amounts that you can have to pay. And the same thing for our pets. Um, you know, sometimes things happen and, you know, it, it's just a random, you know, thing. And it, it puts you into a financial situation that you were not anticipating nor have um, the ability to cover. So that's, you know, the great thing about pet insurance is that for a, you know, moderate monthly rate, you cover yourself against those unexpected expenditures that can arise that sometimes would result in euthanasia or, you know, other issues because the pet owner could not, you know, pay to treat the treat the illness or the accident. A couple things to look for, though, when you're doing your research on pet insurance. So there's different companies out there, different policies, and things that I really look for just, you know, being, you know, working in the veterinary office when we talk to our clients about it is one when you get pet insurance it is cheaper per month the younger you do it so if you get a puppy and you are interested in pet insurance a lot of people say oh well you know i doubt i'm going to have a whole lot happen as a puppy they're going to be you know healthy and everything we'll wait and get insurance until they're at an older age some insurance companies will lock in rates when you first get your insurance. So when you shop around, that's definitely a question to ask. How much of a rate increase is there per year? And a lot of them have coverages where they walk in rates when you start. So the starting rate as a puppy is very small. You could be looking as low as 30 to $40 a month. And if you have an insurance company that locks in that rate for the life of the pet, that's going to be a huge savings when that pet gets older because as they age and you get policies, um, the policies will, you know, increase at certain age levels, usually like around six years old. And then again, at 10 years old, you'll have rate increases because the number of health issues that will increase during those ages, you know, goes up. So that's definitely one thing to look at. Another thing to look at when you're, you know, comparing policies is um, congenital issues. Some plans cover congenital issues and some do not. Um, another thing to look at also is pre-existing issues. If you have, you know, a pet that has had any anything pre-existing, always check their pre-existing issues um, clause. So for example, some of them will not cover pre-existing issues at all. So if your pet has been known to have like GI upsets, like vomiting, loose stool things because they have a sensitive stomach. That could be something that's covered under pre-existing and may not be covered. Other companies that have pet insurance that have limited pre-existing will have it to where if you haven't had symptoms or an outbreak in this illness within an X amount of months, um, I know some policies are 10 months, some policies are a year, then you're covered again. So it could be something, um, perfect example. We have a poodle 
the toy poodle that comes to our office and they have pet insurance and their pet insurance does cover pre-existing issues if it's been over 365 days within a claim has been filed on that issue well her pet is overweight um and it blew out a knee and it blew out a knee at the end of 2018 well then 12 months i'm sorry 13 months later it was literally a month after it renewed when people when pets blow out a knee um she got the surgery the pet insurance covered 90 percent of her bill which was huge because you're talking you know a three to four thousand dollar surgery well, oftentimes the pets will shift their weight during recovery. So when you have a knee that's blown out and they're not putting as much weight on it, oftentimes when they shift their knee, their weight, it can cause damage to the other knee. And a large percentage of pets that blow out knees will sometimes blow out the opposite knee as well. And that's what happened to this dog. Their pet insurance company luckily had that one-year rider. So they actually covered the price of both knee replacements. Which is a large amount of money. Yeah. But definitely, you know, that's one thing to look at because these are these things are things that vary from one policy to another. Some cover these things, some do not. Another thing that I found very interesting too is like things as in prescription pet food. At some point of your pet's life, as they get older and they get into illnesses and things, prescription diets sometimes become more readily used simply because a lot of them work really well, especially when it talks to like kidney issues or, um, you know, mobility, things of that nature. Um, a lot of intestinal issues, dogs are treated solely, you know, on a dietary change instead of, you know, adding medications and things like that. Um, and some pet insurance policies do cover prescription diets, but I always have them check and see what percentage it is because some of them are a lower percent. You're talking 20 to 30% and it's capped off at a, at a, you know, a month time span. So for example, a couple insurance companies that we looked at, they cover, you know, prescription diets up to 30 and some 50%, but then they cap out at like two, three months to where others, one in particular, they covered prescription diets up to 90%. So you're getting a 90% reimbursement on your pet food and it's for the life of the pet. So when you talk about the money that you're going to be getting back, something like that um, is going to be a huge difference in dollars when you're talking about something being covered, you know, two to three months versus the entire life of the pet, even though that company may not cover this or that, when you still look at the dollars and cents of it, that's where you need to like ask those questions because that's when you're really getting, you know, the best bang for your buck on some of those things, because that's something that's very widely used. Another thing is the deductibles. Some deductibles are really low, like $50 and some are, you know, $250, $500. Look at the monthly payments that you'll have versus your deductible. Um, so a perfect example, we had a, um, there's a new pet insurance company out there that was brought out by the company that owns um, Zoetis. And it's called um, Pumpkin, kind of like, you know, th- Halloween, oh. Thanksgiving pumpkin, so pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> and what I found interesting about that one is compared to, and I can only tell you stats from my office, but Nationwide and Trapanion are generally the two policies that most of our 
pet owners have in our, you know, current office um, that they've, you know, given us feedback on. But what I found interesting in this newer one is, so for example, with the Nationwide, it's like a $50 deductible. However, for the pumpkin one, it was a $250 deductible for the year. However, their monthly payment, their monthly premium was almost half as expensive as what the other two policies were. So if you don't have an issue come up, then you're saving yourself. You see what I'm saying? Yes. It could pay so itself off in the long it, run. Yeah, exactly. So if you can afford a $250 deductible once per year, if your pet gets into an issue, then you're saving yourself in the long run if you don't have to use the insurance. Yeah. So things of that nature are all things that I always tell clients to look into and kind of see what fits them. And yes, it does take a little bit of homework, but most of those questions that I like talk to you about can be found on their website. It's not like you have to make 10 million phone calls. You know, a lot of that information is right there on their websites and it's just determining, you know, your dog what their history has been and, you know, things like breed can go into that. If you have a larger breed dog, then you know that, you know, arthritic issues may be, you know, something that could become a problem or a genetic issue because, you know, some larger breed dogs are more genetically prone to having, you know, hip dysplasias and, you know, um, arthritic issues later in life. So it, it's all based on, you know, kind of your pet and what you think the, the issues may you know, maybe during the life of that pet. And we all know that things that could be unexpected can come up, you know, foreign bodies or your dog chewing something, but that's something to, you know, consider into your factors too. If you maybe have a lab, <laughs> which is the number one dog for ingesting things, then, you know, pet insurance may be a really good, a good thing for you to look into just to cover yourself for that. <laughs> Those catastrophic moments. Now, Monica, what about like for wellness exams, dentals, like just the general annual care of your pet? What's the benefits that, of pet insurance for that? That was another thing that I found interesting because, I mean, let's be honest, pet insurance is still a company and they want to keep their people renewed. And when I've talked to some of our vendors that are, you know, reps for the company and things just in frank conversations, you know, I've kind of had for them, I kind of played devil's advocate, you know, being the client purchasing pet insurance and I'm seeing, okay, you have a wellness policy and your wellness policy is going to cost you this much extra per month. So let's just like one of the insurance companies I was looking at this last week was $18.95 a month. So for $18.95 a month, you could get wellness things covered. And some of those wellness things were like, they paid up to three vaccines per year. They paid for a fecal sample a year, um, a 4DX, which is a heartworm and a tick-borne disease blood test every year. Things of that nature that are things that you're going to get, you know, on a regular yearly preventative basis. But when you look at the cost of what it would cost them just to come into the office and purchase those things, what I personally have found, and of course, cost is is different in every state, you know, what your veterinarian charges for 
you know, something can vary from office to office and town to town. So, but just generally speaking, when I looked at what we currently charged for all those things and then looked at the amount that they were giving them back as a claim reimbursement and what it was costing them each month, I personally, and this is just my opinion, I personally did not feel like it was something I was going to recommend to our clients simply because it's going to cost them more in the long run than what they would pay at one time just to have it done. Now, the other thing that can go into that, though, playing devil's advocate, if you are on a very fixed income, sometimes coming up with $150 at one point to get all the yearlies done can be, you know, difficult. And sometimes paying that extra $20 a month to cover it is what fits that family's, you know, budget and situation better than others. So again, it's subjective. It's whatever, you know, works best for you. But when you're looking strictly dollars and cents, I have found that most of the wellness things you're paying out as much as you're getting back. That's interesting. I know that some places that businesses have it, like you have human insurance taken out, you could sign up to have your animal, your pet insurance taken out. So that's automatically taken out of your paycheck, you know, weekly. And I think that sometimes when people have that done, it's easier than paying all of that at once. It's already taken out. It's already covered. But you're right. Sometimes does the research into finding out, does the pay into the just have it pay actually benefit you and do you does it end up costing you more I guess it sounds like from what you're saying Monica there's a lot of research that needs to go in it's not just a one size fits all absolutely so I would you know you know your best situation so if it's something that you don't mind paying a little more into when it comes to wellness just to have it being taken care of and not worry about it later then that may work for you. If you're just looking at a budget and paying that, you know, annual vaccine visit Mm -hmm. um, is not a problem for you financially, but you want the best bang for your buck over the year, then, you know, not adding the wellness babe may be best for you. It's really different per, per household and, you know, per preference. Um, But what I would recommend is really seeing, you know, obviously, you know, if you have the pet, You can easily talk to your veterinarian or just look a copy of your last invoice to see how much you were charged for your pets yearly and what, you know, what they got. And then, you know, compare it to the insurance, you know, wellness package. So you know what you're going to pay at your vet. And that way, you know what you're going to pay for the insurance company and see, you know, which works best for your family. Well, this is like really great information. And I think it's something that people actually, someone just asked me about it this week because something happened with their dog and they had said, I, I don't understand how the insurance works. I wish I would have had it, but I never understood it. So for those people who have those questions that are saying, gosh, I really don't understand it. Monica, you just gave a whole bunch of great information for people to better understand it and also understand the importance of researching. Now, if they want to go, if they want to Google it or find out how to find out, about it, would it just be something as simple as pet in- Google pet insurance and then all of these different companies come out? Absolutely. Yes, they do. And like I said, there's a lot of really good companies out there. And again, you know, you just do your research and see what works best for your, you know, family. I personally have found that feedback from clients that have it 
the most popular ones that I personally have seen are like Nationwide and Trupanion. And then they have this new one, which is the Pumpkin Care. And the Pumpkin Care was the one that covered the 90% of the pet food. So like I was actually, I took one patient in our office that had spent the most money in the past year. This was the one that had the two knee replacements. Well, that pet is also on a prescription diet. And even though the pumpkin care would not have covered the second knee replacement, the money that she would have gotten back in the prescription diets, she would have gotten more money back out of that insurance versus the other one. Well, I'm glad I know you. But I mean, everyone needs a Monica. (laughs) I know. And it's really important because you don't understand. As you know, my pet, well, I have two of them that are older so that they're, um, so that they have more needs and special needs. And Coco, she's pretty much just is good with an annual and she's good to go. But, um, but it is, you have to navigate it. And, and I have insurance, but I have to navigate you always have to navigating it and and I have a different kind for olive than I have for the other so it's it's really it is it's it's kind of like a part-time job yes I mean (laughs) it definitely takes some due diligence but if you yeah but if you take the time the money you know just the peace of mind that if your pet does have something happen then they are covered and one thing I do see is you know the clients that In our office, do you have pet insurance? Um, You know, when that pet gets ill, it's okay, what are we going to do? Let's get it done. Yeah, it puts you in a totally different state of mind. And and I believe in it. So I mean, I think that what you just did was you really laid it out really great for people who were wondering, should I do it? Or how do I do it? Or what do I do? I think that you just laid it out really great so that people could do their homework and find out how much of an investment it is? Or will it pay off? Is it going to be something that's more than what you are looking to invest? So Monica, thank you very much. You brought us great, 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 great information. Again, if anyone wants to look more into this, just Google pet insurance and look at what all of the policies are. Make sure you have, like Monica said, have your your last, whether it be a wellness check or whatever it is you've done, maybe your last annual amount of bills that you've gotten put together. You have to see what benefits you the most. And there are different deductibles and there are different payments. And it's, 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 it's a part-time job. (laughs) (laughs) So Monica, thank you so much. This is such valuable information and you have a great week. Thank you. You too. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everyone. Susan Maria Miss Olive here to let you know that the second book in the Doggy Diva Diary series, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Friends, continues to get rave reviews from dog readers and children. A story about Miss Olive's encounter with bullying and how she learns that her superpower is the love and kindness that you have on the inside that's what counts. Please also check out the award-winning first book in the series, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home, a story about Miss Olive's rescue and adoption. Both books are available at amazon.com and other online book retailers. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, protecting your pets in relation to domestic violence. Stay with us. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur, and it's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. My dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is like 
pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. We'll be scooping our dynamite, then squirting the lick of chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my dynamite at D-I-N-O-B-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. Since 1987, Red Rover has focused on bringing animals out of crisis and strengthening the human-animal bond through emergency sheltering, disaster relief services, financial assistance, and humane education. Red Rover is a founding member of the National Animal Rescue and Sheltering Coalition, established after Hurricane Katrina's devastating impact on more people and animals than any other storm in United States history. And with us today is the CEO and president of Red Rover, Nicole Forsyth, to tell us about Red Rover and what they are doing to help animals and people in crisis due to natural disasters like the recent wildfires and hurricanes and their plans for October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Welcome back to the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's so important, the work that you do. We want to make sure everybody knows about it. And and for those listeners who may not be familiar, our first-time listeners who may not be familiar with Red Rover, could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So a lot of people refer to us as the American Red Cross for animals. So that's a nice way to think mm-hmm. about it because we're really, you know, we're really there to help when people and animals are in crisis, especially when they're in crisis together. So those natural disasters, when we know people don't want to leave if they can't bring their pets with them, um, we're there. We have volunteers all over the country and parts of Canada that go in and help set up a temporary animal shelter so that when people have to go to an evacuation center, um, the animals have a place to go as well. And we also, you know, have learned that the same kind of thing happens in domestic violence. People won't leave their abusive situations if they can't bring their pets with them. So we know many of the listeners know how valuable that human-animal bond is. And so our organization is really there to kind of keep that bond intact and also strengthen that bond, maybe between people who, um, you know, don't quite understand the value of that bond. And uh, so helping kids in schools really understand animals, you know, develop that respect and understanding so that they can have strong bonds and prevent cruelty and abuse from happening in the first place. That's so important. And the work you do is very intense in that human-animal bond. So I thank you for that. And one of the things that that we touched on was October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Can you tell our listeners what your plans are for the month? Yes, we're, we're very fortunate that we have the support of Purina, and they have uh, promised a four-year commitment of helping us fund our grants that help domestic violence shelters become pet-friendly. But in addition to the funding, you know, we have really stepped up the awareness of this issue. And I think it's especially important because a lot of victims of abuse don't realize that they're in an abusive relationship. Um, They might think there's something going on, but they're not quite sure what. And often the pet, you know, how a pet 
is treated in a relationship can be uh, a sign that there might be some abuse going on, especially if it's psychological abuse, not physical abuse. And so we're really trying to increase awareness about um, domestic violence and pets and the role that pets play in domestic violence. Um, we also want people to realize how prevalent it is. So one in three women and one in four men will experience domestic violence, domestic abuse sometime in their lifetime. Um, and we also know because of those strong bonds that people feel with their pets, um, nearly half of the of the victims won't leave their abusive relationship unless they have a place to go for their pets. So for us, that means, you know, how can we address this problem? How can we solve this? And one way is by making the domestic violence shelters pet friendly. Currently, according to our safeplaceforpets.org website and database, um, only about 17% of shelters will accommodate pets. And even then, they can't accommodate all the pets that come to them. So we really want to make sure we increase that percentage. And also, if they can't go to a domestic violence shelter, offer emergency temporary boarding for pets to go to a boarding facility while the person who's in the abusive relationship can go to shelter. So, um, you know, those are two ways in which we really try to um, address this issue. We've also started to help animal shelters um, house pets from domestic violence situations in a, in a very robust, um, you know, sustainable way. And sometimes it takes multiple community resources like an animal shelter and a domestic violence shelter, maybe a fostering program to really accommodate all the needs for this particular issue. So we're really there to go in. We do a lot of outreach um, to the domestic violence shelters and help them figure out what is going to be the best kinds of program or programs for their community. So October is our time when we really step up this awareness. Um, we have this program with Purina called Purple Leash Project. And this is the these are the grants that help um, domestic violence shelters become pet friendly. And they're ones specifically that Purina is funding. So we have this uh, great opportunity for people to um, go to our website, redrover.org, go to purpleleashproject.com and find out how they can get involved. Um, we have a monthly donor program where people can become a monthly donor for just $5 a month and get an actual purple leash. And the purple leash um, has some great, you know, take the lead kind of messaging about domestic violence. And it can be a way to share images on social media um, you know, tag Purple Leash Project, tag Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and just, again, help spread the word about this issue. Um, we're going to have posters available on our website mid-October that people can download and share with veterinarians and also hairdressers because there's some research suggesting that hairdressers, you know, beauty salons, beauticians are often the number one person told about an abusive relationship. And there are training programs all over the country starting now to help beauticians understand the link between um, domestic violence, you know, what it looks like. And so if we share what it looks like involving a pet, um, we're hoping that, that they can um, be given some resources to help them get out of their abusive relationship. There's so much going on. There's also uh, Purina's brands. Some of Purina's brands are really stepping up and helping us in this awareness campaign. So Cat Chow, if anyone has Cat Chow right now, um, there's a program called My Perks. And if people sign up for the My Perks loyalty program, they can actually designate um, Red Rover as a beneficiary 
beneficiary when they accumulate enough points. So that's also really exciting. And uh, we have another um, a fancy feast will be coming up, but that's going to be a little bit later. So I'm going to talk about that for October. But um, then we also have the deadline to apply for safe housing grants. Um, it's October 15th. So if someone knows of a domestic violence shelter, that isn't pet friendly now, but is thinking of it. Um, October 15th is a deadline and we can also, you know, help people start really slow, start small. Um, and we're available to walk them through what that process, um, has looked like. And, uh, last but not least, we are working with the Pause Act Coalition, um, which passed. So the Pause Act provides federal funding for domestic violence shelters to become pet friendly. So last month in, in September, we worked on a pet night on the hill to just increase, um, you know, again, with the, legislature, with the legislators on the Hill uh, to make sure the Pause Act continues to receive funding. So a lot going on. <laughs> I know. And you guys are so involved in it. And when I received notification about the Pause Act, you guys are the first person I thought of because that's so, so important. And for people who aren't familiar with the Pause Act, can you just explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's, um, it is a specifically government funding that's set up through the Department of Justice, um, which is great because a lot of domestic violence shelters are sort of used to that grant process, you know, for, for their other um, domestic violence programs. So it provides um, $2 million for domestic violence shelters to, um, you know, add programs to become pet friendly. When we spoke last year, I know one of the goals with the Purple Leash Project was to ensure that every state has a domestic violence shelter that will accept pets. How close are you guys to that goal? We are so close. We just checked West Virginia off the list. Oh, wow. So the only states left are Hawaii, Mississippi, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. And uh, so we're going to keep you know, doing outreach for them, figure out, you know, what, what is the, what are the barriers? Cause there's often many barriers to help walk them through. And sometimes it just takes time, you know, they want to do it, but they just uh, have a lot of barriers. So we're out there helping them, um, step by step of the way. And in the meantime, you know, really trying to, uh, reach a new goal, which is going to be that 25% of all domestic violence shelters across the country are able to accept pets. That's great. Now, what else have you planned with the Propolis Project for the rest of the year? Yeah, so Fancy Feast, another Purina brand, is going to be joining in November, and they have a way of celebrating the holidays with a unique ornament, and so all the proceeds of those ornaments are going to go to Red Rover, um, and people will be able to bring, um, start to do, um, start to uh, go live uh, in later this month. So that's pretty exciting. And then, you know, we're, we're also trying to find ways to, again, to just continue that awareness. So not just within the month of October, but another big push in spring. So people can expect um, May for National Pet Month. We'll also be doing a lot of promotion then too. Now, as an organization that helps animals and people in crisis. Can you tell us how Red Rover has been helping during these times that we're going through in the pandemic? Yeah. So one of the first things we did as soon as this, this happened was figure out, you know, how is this going to impact our programs? And we have seen with our um, urgent care grants, which are grants that help people uh, afford emergency veterinary care. We saw in the 2008 economic decline, we know that our applications went just skyrocketing. And as expected, our applications are also skyrocketing for those urgent care grants. Um, so we've seen a 40% increase in applications. And luckily, we have the funding from donors and foundations to help support that. So we're very grateful, grateful to that. But we also thought, you know, there's going to be some other unique needs. And we don't want 
people to have to relinquish their animals to animal shelters just because they get sick with the with the virus. So what we have done is expanded what we do with our domestic violence temporary boarding grants, and we've extended that to people who might need to be hospitalized for a long time with the COVID-19, or maybe they are just so sick they can't take care of their pets and they're living by themselves, or their pet has special needs that sometimes is an issue. Um, so we are providing temporary boarding so the pets can go to a boarding facility while they get the treatment that they need. At the end of the interview, we're going to get contact information because I don't think that people understand that there is an avenue for that. With all of this that's going on, I think that you're right. We want to make sure that the pets stay for the time being when the person is ill or maybe in the hospital or maybe too ill to care for the pet, that there are alternative solutions to that besides giving the pet up um, because there's enough trauma going on in, in both of their lives that, that we definitely want to make sure we could help with that. Red Rover, you guys do so much work with natural disasters. And what have you been doing like with the recent, the wildfires in California and, and such as Hurricane Laura, which was a devastating hurricane? Yeah, you know, it's been so tragic because we cannot deploy volunteers during this pandemic. pandemic. Um, we've, you know, we made a decision early on, especially in talking to our partners, the National Animal Shelter Rescue, Russian Shelter, sorry, National <laughs> Animal Rescue Sheltering Coalition. Blah. Um, we, uh, you know, did had lots of discussions with our with our um, other animal groups that we collaborate with, and we just collectively decided it's just too much of a risk to deploy volunteers. That said, we do deploy staff based on a, you know, as needed situation and depending on the safety um, where we feel like we have a lot more kind of control over the environment. And um, then we do what we always do, which is really do a ton of outreach and find out where are all the resources for people? And we collect those resources and share them massively, you know, as quickly as possible. And we have a nice partnership with the American Red Cross where they share our resources um, really quickly as well. So it's kind of nice. We're get, becoming known for collecting those, you know, resource lists and getting them out there so that at least if we can't deploy at least we are, um, you know, helping make sure people know where there's pet-friendly lodging, where the pet-friendly evacuation shelters are going to be, you know, where there might be some transportation if they have difficulty with getting their pets or livestock out, you know, disaster planning tips, as much information as we can. And then a lot of um, kind of consultation on the phone with the local uh, evacuation shelter. So our director of field services is on the phone, you know, talking people through, setting up things. Um, since we can't be there all the time ourselves. So it's it's been hard. We have a lot of volunteers who really want to go help, but we just feel like at this time it's just, especially in, um, you know, really hot zone areas, it's just not, it's just not safe at this time. Speaking of the volunteers, when we've talked in the past, of course, you have classes that you train and the different shelters used for training, but we're in a whole new world right now. And you're training, you have digital training classes. Is that correct for your volunteers now? Yes, it's really exciting. It's something we have wanted to do for a long time. Um, but of course, we've been really busy with disasters. Um, <laughs> so because we had some staff time, uh, 
since they didn't have to set up these deployments, we quickly repurposed everybody and said, hey, you know what, let's do this soon. Let's do this sooner than we were planning. So that's what we have done. And it's free. So it's a great chance to take opportunity, you know, to get actually actually trained um, for free. And it's all online. Um, we just launched it. So it's it's wonderful to get feedback from, from people too who go through it. Um, so that can be people sign up for our email um, at redrover.org or look on to the responders, uh, Red Rover responders um, program pages that'll tell you more about how to do that. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask. Everyone wants to help and everyone wants to do something. They can't always do it. Times are changing. Things are changing. But how would someone become a Red Rover responder volunteer, especially in these times? And even though we're going through COVID, there are still things going on in our country that these that animals and people need us. So how would someone become a Red Rover Responder volunteer? Yeah, just um, go to redrover.org. And probably the best um, way to kind of get updated information on uh, becoming a volunteer and other ways to help is to sign up for our email. So because the um, pandemic is really kind of inspiring a lot of people to help, mm-hmm. we have put together many ways people can help. So getting trained to become a volunteer is great, but if you can't deploy in a while, we still have, you know, share the resources on so- social media, you know, share the resources for domestic violence and pets. Um, you know, we also will give people tips on connecting with their local shelter to help with food bank drives and, you know, all sorts of other things that um, we, we can kind of help help people in ways they can help. Um, so we've got interest lists too for Red Rover readers and Red Rover responders workshops. So if they do want to wait for an in-person one, you know, it's always good to sign up for the interest list. Um, we have a program that trains teachers and educators how to use our Red Rover readers program. And all that program can be done online now too. So if people want to become trained to become a Red Rover readers volunteer, or if they're already an educator, that's another great thing that can be done online. And you can sign up for the interest list for that. Is that something that you're specifically specifically interested in? Now, if someone wants to donate or if someone wants to learn more about Red Rover, where can they go? Where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, our homepage, redrover.org, has a a button right there to click to donate. Becoming a monthly donor is like the best way to support us because it saves money in the direct mail kind of mailing costs of things. And it's also easy on people's bank accounts. So it works out really well. Um, And it's also something you don't have to think about. So it just automatically goes to the animals. And um, if people want to donate and become a monthly donor during Purple Leash Project time, it's perfect because they get a free um, dog leash or a cat collar. We have little cat collars, too, that have the Purple Leash Project take the lead um, for domestic violence kind of messaging on there. Now, um, before we go, Nicole, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I can't think of anything. I just encourage people to, you know, go visit us at redrover.org, follow us on social media. We're on pretty much everything, and it's just a really great way to see kind of day by day what we're up to. Um, And Kind News, we haven't mentioned the Kind News magazine yet, but we have a magazine for kids called Kind News, and kindnews.org has a way for you to now download the uh, magazine digitally as well. So we've pretty much pivoted everything that we do um, to make it available online. And so if you're curious about what the magazine is, this is a great time to take a look because you can look at it for free. You can share it with teachers and parents and people that you know who might have kids at home right now. And there's um, interactive games on the website now too. So that's also a great new addition. 
That's great. It's kind of like an all new norm. Everything is online and available <laughs> yeah. online and di- the magazines are digital. It's amazing how, how things have changed, but it's also amazing how everyone's acclimating to it. It's it, like I said, it's kind of like becoming a new norm and, and you guys are it right is. up there keeping us right in step with what we need to do to, to help in any way that we can. I'm so happy you could come on the show. I really feel it's important that we had you on the past couple of years where October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and and you do so much for that and for the owner and their pet. I don't think sometimes people even think of that when this is going on. People sometimes stay because they don't want to leave their pet at home. So what you've done is you've given so many options and you're, you've bringing so much awareness to this. I felt it was so important to have you on. So I thank you for being our guest today and sharing important information, not only on the human animal bond, which is so important, which is what you guys are built on. It's also uh, bringing awareness to domestic violence awareness month, which is in October and all of the amazing work that you were doing at Red Rover. So I thank you so very much. It's an honor to know you and all the work that you are doing at Red Rover, everyone there is doing, and the way it's sort of, again, become a new norm in how Red Rover's acclimated so that we can all still stay involved and be a part. And it's always great to be a part of the solution. So I thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. Thank you so much, and thanks for everyone who's who's helping who's helping bring those solutions into into action. So very grateful for all the supporters. Thank you. And if you want to learn more about Red Rover, please go to redrover.org. Thank you, Nicole, so much. Thank you. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you listening to this right now with a cell phone clenched between your teeth as you frantically flip pages on your paper calendars? Or are you a new breed of groomer, bred for speed and efficiency of movement? 123 Pet Software automates your communications, doing the reminding, confirming, thanking, and marketing for you. 123 Pet centralizes your schedule, employees, clients, inventory, and more. 123 Pet is the business management software you need. Start minding your business today. Visit 123petsoftware.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> We would like to thank our guests this week, and also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally, and please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of the Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.